We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Howard Simon and Jeremy White. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Friday, Friday. Getting down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Partying, partying, yeah. Partying, partying, yeah. Fun, 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 fun. Looking forward to the weekend. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Happy Friday. Looking forward to the weekend. And of course, hunkering down for the XFL opener. Followed by the USFL in July. Football never ends. Mock drafts, spring football, late night hockey tomorrow night. Big, big things coming up on the uh, on the agenda. Good morning, hanging out. What's new? Not much. Short sleeves today, huh? I, mean, I took off my fleece. I was going to say, it's a little chilly outside yeah. for short sleeves. Layering. By the way, um, that's snow, right? It's yeah. snowing, yeah. So a little bit of snow. Yep. And there could be Ben has more on this. I'm not. It's not like crazy. Don't go out, but there could be some icing uh, with the cold weather and the precipitation. So be aware that there might be some icing issues on the roads. There's a winter weather advisory for most of us. So just a little heads up on that. Okay, I'm, I, I am advised. You're advised. I, well, it's part of what we do around here. Uh, we have a mock draft. I would like to get to at some point. So there's a lot of stuff. I don't know where you wanted to start. But um, I saw a mock draft of the Bills taking a running back, and I just, I don't get it. <laughs> I get it, but I don't get it. Does that make sense? I, no. I don't understand why there's this, I don't know where you want to start. I'm sorry, I got like eight thoughts in my head this morning. I have no idea why this is happening. I would say you could call it a groundswell of support. Why? It's, it's starting. Does, do, do you think it's, does one person do a mock draft and all the other people do mock drafts, see it and go, yeah, you know what, they're right. The Bills should take a running back. Then all of a sudden... Everybody mocks the Bills at running back? I, I just don't understand this. They would, they're they going to draft a running back and then what? Not use him? Or worse, use him? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah, I don't. Uh, anyway, so, all right, I'm ready to go. Well, we can start there. Joe and Sal talked about it a lot yesterday, and we talked about it yesterday, too, about B. John Robinson. Yeah. Because in our weekly chat with Joe Marino of the Draft Network, this is, this is where you're going to be conflicted, Howard. Joe said of the B. John Robinson idea, he wouldn't be mad about it. He's a stud running back? That he's, it's, that he's that good. He is Saquon Barkley. He is, he is that good that if the Bills were to do it, he's that good. Okay, but wouldn't that 
wouldn't that necessarily lead you to think there's a shift in offensive philosophy? Would they be trying to want to run the ball more then? I don't know that the Bills have an offensive philosophy under Ken Dorsey. Hmm. Right. I don't it's changed ten times and it's been running backs that they don't use and mm-hmm. you know, dressing four receivers that I no, I, I, I can't think about anything about their changing philosophy. And if they decide their philosophy is they want to run the ball more, then we have issues. I mean, that's not, and that's part of why the running back discussion bothers me. Because if, if we sat here and said, list of things the Bills need to get in the offseason. Wide receiver, two wide receivers actually, at least one, maybe two offensive linemen, a tackle, an interior offensive lineman, safety help. You can always get cornerback depth. If you don't resign Edmonds, you have a crying need for a linebacker. I mean, there's so many other things to get to for a team that doesn't have a ton of cap space before you get to running back. And again, if you look at the running the running game, well, anyway, why am I talking about this? Todd McShay's mock first his post Super Bowl mock is out, right? So I went and looked at it today. I like McShay. I've always I've always liked his work. So he has four quarterbacks going in the top nine. Maybe you're not surprised about that. But I'm thinking about wide receivers, right? So I'm scrolling down, scrolling down. First wide receiver goes off the board at 12 to Houston in this mock draft. That's Quentin Johnston. And then I'm like, all right, let's see what happens. When's How many receivers are on the board when the Bills pick? Scrolling, scrolling. Nothing, nothing, no wide receivers. No. Well, this is great, no wide receivers. If it plays out like this, it's not going to be fun. 23, a run starts. Wide receiver at 23 to Minnesota. I assume an Adam Thielen replacement. Which one? Jordan Addison? I knew you were That's a Thielen replacement. I, I, let me pull up his mock. Uh, Plays in the slot plenty. 23, wide receiver. 24, Jacksonville, wide receiver. 25, Giants, wide receiver. Three straight wide receivers right before, well, the Bills pick at 27. 23, wide receiver was, dun-dun-dun-dun, Jordan Addison. Okay. 24, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Hmm. 25, Zay hmm. Flowers. Oh, man. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in a ball on the floor. <laughs> The in the fetal play, position. If the draft plays out that way. Jacksonville <laughs> taking a running back is ve- or a receiver. receiver yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. Are they? Is there a key free agent they're losing? No. They have Zay Jones and Christian Kirk, and they're getting Calvin and they're getting Ridley. Ridley. Yeah, There's no way Jacksonville's that? taking a receiver. Let me see what he wrote. Knock on wood. I just don't think so. The Giants definitely could. Meanwhile, the Giants just signed Isaiah Hodgins to a contract. Hmm. He was going to be an exclusive rights free agent. Right. Of course, they yeah. grab him off the Bills practice squad, and... He's now a NFL receiver in the league with the Giants. So congratulations to him. That's the funny thing about... But they they need receiver help, right? You could make a case for the Giants, couldn't you? Yeah, oh yeah. But I'm talking about Isaiah Hodgins here. Mm -hmm. That is a good story for Bills player development. Right. The bad news is... He's not on the Bills anymore. That's Wyatt Teller. <laughs> hey, look, you drafted an offensive lineman. What was Teller? Fifth round? Yes. But and Teller, I don't know, did Teller show any signs that he could be useful? No. Here? No. No. Where Hodgins did this year, for the first time ever, Hodgins, there was a little bit of a, ooh, this guy might actually be able to contribute. And turns out he is developed. And, you know, he's not exactly like a number one, but he's on the Giants now. Mm-hmm. And they got him for free. Yeah. They got you. You planted the seeds, you watered the plant, it grew into something, and then they came and scooped it up, and now mm-hmm. it's in their yard. So his uh, McShay for Jacksonville does point out, Christian Kirk signing paid off, Calvin Ridley should be a factor, but they still need another pass, a pass catcher, especially because Evan Ingram at the tight end is a free agent. <coughs> I was a little surprised And with that, they're going to take Jackson, Smith, and Jigba? Yeah. Okay. And then the Bills at 27, running back Jameer Gibbs from Alabama. McShay points out Bills running backs totaled 
1,418 yards last season, 24th best in the NFL. Only four teams had fewer rushing touchdowns from their group of running backs. Seven. That's because they have their quarterback run it in. Right. And he said, Gibbs, the Bills could team him. Get this. The Bills could team Gibbs up with Cook and Hines. You need three running backs? Is this the wishbone? Three running backs? Are you kidding me? Who does that? If they're drafting this kid, it's because they're cutting Naeem Hines. I just, I don't get it. <laughs> this is not, it kind of, trying to remember if it reminded me a little bit of the, dra- leading up to the C.J. Spiller draft, when our colleague Joe Biscaglia was like, hey guys, I think they're going to draft a running back. I'm like, no! I just don't get this. I don't get this at all. I don't need a shift in offensive philosophy. If they draft a running back first, what are they, are they going to, is he going to be like a bell cow? No, that's not what they do. They don't like heavily rely on a running back for tons of touches. At the end of the season, we were talking about how they didn't throw the ball to Naheem Hines and James Cook. They didn't use these guys enough. So I don't understand the growing sentiment and the mocks because let's face it, that's not the top need for the Bills this offseason. They need to fit, make their passing game better. They need more weapons, not in the running back game, for Josh Allen. So I, I whatever. I don't get it. If that happens. I'm not, I don't know how I won't be mad if they took a running back in the first round because that's another day one or day two asset on a running back. What's that one? Four? Four times in the McBean era? Yeah. Really? They've already done it three. That's a position that they've, more than any other people say, oh, you can just get a guy anywhere. Yeah, You're going to do it four times. And they've done it three times, and you just listed all those stats about how much they have their running backs contribute. Four, seven, right? Four picks and a trade? Well, yeah. the, the Heinz Cook, pick was Singletary, a trade for Moss, a pick. Moss, Heinz. Yeah. No, they would have used – this would be a fourth, first two days draft asset, and you also traded for a running back. Five. And, yeah, five draft picks would be used. Yeah, they it. used a fifth-round pick, basically, for Heinz. Right? Yep. Culture getting a fifth-round pick. <laughs> you got to be kidding me with this. What are, we, what are we doing? You know, if the Titans did this, we might look at it and go, well, that Tennessee likes to run the ball. What are we talking about? Well, I, I think McShay and someone like Joe Marino – Matt Perino also had this as well – that – the Bills and running back, it's not running back. It would only be, I think in the words of for Joe Marino of the Draft Network, who joined us yesterday at 8, if you want to find that, basically that it, he wouldn't do it for Gibbs. He would only do it for one B. Guy, for one guy B. Only? John Robinson. Third best player or one of the best hmm. three players in the draft. If he were to fall that far, he would not be mad at the Bills for doing it, is, is how he phrased it, which is not the same as, yeah, just draft Jameer Gibbs if he's right there at 27. So the idea would be, you know how things fall. They're, they're, for the Bills draft, and this was true last year. It's 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 one of the spots I will defend them in, in terms of the way they approached the draft last year. You know they could have done more, but the, when you're picking as late as the Bills are, like that mock draft you just laid out by Todd McShay, receivers going 23, 24, 25. Mm-hmm. If you get to 23 and you want a receiver really bad, let's say the Bills want mm-hmm. Jackson Smith and Jigba really bad, yep. and they call Minnesota. No dice. We want Jordan Addison. We're going to take him. Right. You call Jacksonville. No dice. We're taking him. Okay. Call, call the, the Giants. Giants. No right. dice. Right. We need a receiver also. So sometimes you can get shut out. You're not aggressive enough. You don't get into that spot. And then, you know, you look at your draft board. Well, we only had four first-round receivers. What do we do now? Uh, take a guard. Here's my question. It's funny. In this mock draft, right before the receiver run, Baltimore picks a 22, and they take Bijan Robinson. So if... If the Bills, if, if this is playing out as McShay's draft falls, right, and we get into the 20s and only one receiver is off the board, what are the odds the Bills call 
Seattle at 20, the Chargers at 21, or the Ravens at 22, if they're thinking there's going to be a run of receivers in that Minnesota-Jacksonville Giants area, what are the odds Brandon Bean is willing to call one of the teams before that run and go, I need to move up like five spots, six spots, whatever it is? Those odds are always very good with the Bills because they love to trade up. I'm good with that. They have go traded ahead and up. get ahead of everybody. It's, it's, it's another one of the marks against them in terms of their draft picks. They've not had great drafts these last couple of years. They're still a good team, a great team. They've not had great drafts, and they do trade up. So one of the reasons they maybe don't have great drafts is they go in a little more than they should. I mean, trading up for a quarterback in Josh Allen, you always trade up for a quarterback, and nobody's going to get mad about that. But they trade up for so many other pieces, mm-hmm. whether that's, I mean, way, way back to Zay Jones. But um, they moved up for Elam a couple spots, right? They moved up for Tremaine. They moved up. Like, yep. they, they are... You should look at their draft history right now. I, I didn't think we were going to get too far into the trades of this. But still, the number of times the Bills have moved up four or five spots, it's a lot. They, they, they target a guy that they don't think will get to them. And they go after it, whether that's they trade up for Dawkins, trade up for Dawson Knox maybe even. Not every one of these spots is a trade up. Singletary, like second, third, fourth round, they do tend to slide around a little mm-hmm. bit. So would they trade? Would they call Baltimore to move up for a receiver? I think absolutely. You should never count out the Bills when it comes to moving in the draft because they do have a pretty strong belief in their own process and system yep. to say, no, 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 it was worth trading an additional fourth or a fifth to get that guy because he was the last one on this tier of players that we, we scouted. I, I just, like I said, I wonder what they're thinking and I'll tell you what, you brought up Saquon Barkley. I'm trying, I don't know that there is a scenario right, where you could convince me that the Bills taking a running back in the first round is a good idea, even if it's the best running back in the draft. You brought up Saquon Barkley. I will tell you what, the one name that popped into my head in this running back discussion and how I would, all right, give me your best information on this. I keep flashing back to San Francisco and the trade for McCaffrey, and McCaffrey turns out to be a great pickup for the 49ers. And, you know, they don't make it to the Super Bowl, but that's because 75 quarterbacks were injured for them. McCaffrey was huge for that offense, and McCaffrey got a ton of touches. You know, he ran the ball, he caught the ball, he was a big weapon for those guys, and that was a fantastic pickup. So I I understand, but that's also Brock Purdy. You know, there's a pretty good quarterback here. A guy who's a little bit better than Brock Purdy. So why wouldn't you want to help him in terms of weapons in the passing game? This is where I know you're probably yelling at the radio guys. A running back can be a weapon in the passing game. I just don't, I don't get it. Don't like it. And even if you told me this guy is McCaffrey or Barkley, I would still tell you, I just don't think it's a priority piece for the Bills. You would, you could go in at least three other directions with the first pick. And I would take at least three. Wide receiver, offensive line, safety. And it's you could probably find other cases to make, but at least three positions that I would say those are priorities on day one and day two in your draft looking at your depth chart, not running back. Well, think about San Francisco. Why do they want McCaffrey? To cover up their quarterback. That's right. And he and he, went, and he did. He, he did. He, he does. really helped out he's, Brock Purdy. Right. He's excellent. And that, they make that trade before Purdy. Isn't Garoppolo the quarterback at the time? I, but it's not Ooh, important because yeah. it's not like they wouldn't Either have made way, the trade. It's not like Garoppolo was an elite level quarterback. No, no, that, and that's my point is if Garoppolo's the guy and Purdy's not in there, they're still making that trade because they're trying to build an offense out of everything but the quarterback. That's right. You're Be- trying to help this guy yeah. as much as you. Not know. that they don't want that quarterback, but you know, the Kyle Shanahan system and how they kind of chew through running backs, they wanted a guy that can do it all and they got the guy that does it all. Mm-hmm. And if you watch how they use McCaffrey, 
he lines up as a receiver, and they throw him the ball out there, which yeah. is something that has not at all been a feature of the Ken Dorsey offense yet. And, you know, yet's big. He's only been a coach for one year. So I, I, I'm, I'm ready to have the conversation for the next 10 weeks, but it's not going to move me off of receiver. I, mm-hmm. I can't. I can't get mad about anything they do until I see the full draft. Although I might reserve the right to get mad by like the fourth round. <laughs> because if there's no receiver on this roster in free agency or by the fourth round, then that's malpractice. By the way, the Bills traded up for Shakir too. 20 spots. Huh. Traded up 20 spots to get Shakir. They traded up two spots for Elam. From 25 to 23, yeah. that cost him a fourth-round okay, pick. Okay, but that you knew, right? They were they were they had to get a cornerback. Let's not miss out. We love this guy. Go get him. Move up. Okay, do well, that for a receiver. Well, one year later, how's that look? I mean, Elam couldn't get on the field for a while. Right. He was behind the sixth-round pick, which is an argument against trading up. You traded up two spots to get a corner who, you know, his career might still be fine. And he did have contributions along the way. But as a rookie, that was a trade-up. Cost you a fourth round pick. Who could they have had in the fourth round? Did they draft a receiver in the fourth round if they have that pick? Did they draft a a, a guard, tackle help? They draft. I mean, I'm trying to think like what other position running back. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe they they take the Naheem Hines answer there after they've already taken Cook. Probably not. But the point is, they do love to slide around and move up. It's it's really one of the one of the hallmarks of their draft strategy is identifying and honing in on specific guys and moving up. Two spots, a fourth round pick to move up two spots. two spots. Right. See, and that's and also like I'm I'm looking at McCaffrey's numbers. Okay, so he gets traded to San Francisco. He ends up playing eleven games for the Niners. He had 159 carries in yeah. eleven games, so he averaged he had 200 touches, 14 carries a game, right? And and he averaged five catches a game, so he averaged almost 20 touches a game. Yeah, he was a monster. Bills aren't doing that. No. I'm, and honestly, I don't know that I would want the Bills to do that. I think the Bills, the Bills, quite honestly, it's there. The, one of the things that troubled me was the dis, was for what three years now running about how the Bills need to run the ball better. Out of the bye, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Elena Getzenberg did a piece at ESPN.com, and it showed how the running numbers went way up out of the bye. Right, the Bills went from like 110 rushing yards to like 150 a game out of the bye going forward. Okay, great. We spent the last half of the season going, what the hell's wrong with the offense? They ran the ball. They ran the ball much better, much more stats, more of this, more of that. And we sit here going, why does the offense not look right? Well, they're running the ball better. So this, the, the, there's just, to me, and this, it's just puzzling to think, well, there's a weakness in this offense. And the weakness is at running back. And they're going to take a first-round pick and use it on something that we look at and go, uh, you know the passing game needs to be better, right? You got to throw the football better. You got to have more weapons for Josh Allen. You've got to have, and they don't have to be all elite, right? The elite weapon in Kansas City is not a receiver; it's the tight end. The wide receiver is a good group. There's nobody elite in that group, but it's a, you know it's it's a depth of quality at the position, and the Bills don't have that. So that's that's another thing too. Like if they did use a running back in round one. How much are they going to use the guy? Is he getting 20 touches a game? No. That's not what the Bills do with their running backs. No, he would if James Cook were not available. By the way, the numbers on the, on the running out of the bye, that's the elbow injury, right? Yeah, I'm sure that's, that's, that's why. Yeah, I'm sure. The offense went south because they started running a little more, 
and throwing a little less and throwing a little less effectively, and that's what happened. It is ironic that some would look at that and say they need to run it more, more. or better when that's what happened. They did do that. Right. Well, and by, 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 by force, they did that, I yeah, guess. They were forced into that spot. They did run it more. They did run it better, and the offense looked worse. Right. And that's why I just don't the, – the discussion of what this team needs to do to be better. Like, it's definitely more on the offensive side of the ball. The defense – the def- the story of the defense in 2022 was what? Injuries. Injuries. Right. It wasn't there's a flaw in this defense. I mean, if you wanted to point something out, honestly, you would say the pass rush after Von Miller was hurt wasn't very good. Okay. I'm still not going to tell you, by the way. I don't want them taking a defensive end in the first round again. But the story of this offseason is clearly how to make the offense better, right? We didn't really freak out about what was going on with the defense because everybody was injured. Trey wasn't healthy until Thanksgiving. He comes back. Von Miller goes out. Edmonds misses some time. Milano misses some time. You know, you're you're playing young guys at the other cor- at the cornerback spots. Hyde goes out. Poyer's playing through five different injuries or whatever he had. It, it, you know, the story of the defense was not necessarily problems. It was more about injuries. The story of the offense is something didn't look right. The line, maybe they didn't protect Josh well enough. The passing game wasn't good enough. You know, they they all of a sudden had trouble. They went into funks offensively. And But the answer, again, is just, I'm sorry, it's just not running back. If If they did do that in round one, I would honestly wonder, what are they thinking? Like, what what do Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean want this offense to be? Why do they think adding that position would be so important to the Bills' offense going forward? And that would be puzzling to me. 803-0550 to join us. 888-552-550. We'll get connected with our fans. CJ in Buffalo will get us started. You're on WGR. Hey, good morning, fellas. Hey, uh, why is it that we draft best player available so often when it comes to the fact that we don't we don't use those players and i'll give you an example we drafted uh kair elam who mostly played corner as a uh, man coverage type player uh which was why benford kind of got more play over him because he was he was a lot more regular with zone in college and we don't we took him best player available and i guess you can say that was a need uh during that draft but we don't play that style of play, so we kind of forced it. Like, yeah, he's right there when we can find speed or somebody with better attributes to add to an offense and say, let's score more other than forcing somebody to play our defense. Same thing with offense. And offense, we, we're drafting running backs. We don't run often. And I know Cook is supposed to be a, a phenomenal receiving back, but we don't do screens. Oh, but he's the best player available at something that we need. Okay, I this need thing is kind of getting to the point where, like, stop going with need. Let's go with helping our offense. You know, we don't – no matter what player we draft, we're not going to get the most out of that player because we don't run that style for that player to be his best. Elam we, is, is in his own defense, and he's a man corner. Yes, he can learn it. I, 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 I'm sure he can. We have great coaches. But that also takes time. And we're in a window where we can't keep taking time. We have an OC where we need to take time. We can't keep taking time for everybody to learn and be nice. Like, are we going to wait into the window and be like, oh, these guys are great now. Uh, but we missed our window because everybody else got better, too, in the league. Mm-hmm. I, it's just it's to the point where, like, what what's our goal? CJ, I'm glad you brought this up. Like, the idea but everybody else getting better, too. It's, yeah, it's always a moving target. And I saw something yesterday. Football Outsiders did their early rankings of next year's teams via DVOA. 
Now, DVOA, what does it stand for? What is the formula? FootballOutsiders.com will break it all down. It is pretty universally accepted as a good and fair way to evaluate who's good. Offense, defense, mm-hmm. you know, strength of opponent is factored in. It, it seems to be, in the football world, pretty well thought of. Number one DVOA team for next year, according to Football Outsiders right now, it's the Bills. Really? Yeah. Well, no kidding. Yep. Wouldn't have guessed it. Right? You would have guessed they were like third? Yeah, I would, uh, you know, Chiefs, Eagles, whatever, somebody. Yep. Yeah. They're number one. Which, there are two ways to look at that. Number one is, what are you worried about? Yeah. They're right. great. But the other way, and I think the way that they will look at it, and the way that a lot of us will and should look at it is, yeah, the window is, we're still in it. We're in the thick of the window. Mm-hmm. You are already great. The right decisions will get it done. Right? That, that's really what post-13 seconds was. You were on the doorstep. The right decisions will get this over the line. Brandon Bean can only do so much. You know, His job is to work from now until kind of the start of training camp. Mm-hmm. And, you know, signings after that are really prayers, like Beasley and Brown. But when I saw that, I thought, that's perfect. That's exactly what I want to know. That's, exa- that's great news. They're still viewed as arguably the best team in football. They got some bad injury luck and had a bad game. But you don't get to hold on to that spot just because right. c- just, just you're there. You've got to stay ahead of the other teams that are also all moving targets, which makes it you know a big offseason. I think last offseason, you look back at it and you, you could have plenty of questions if they handled it right. So... They're number one, according to DVOA, which I think presents as an opportunity. I'm, right now we got to get to break, so if you're on hold, hang on. We do have lines open. But I will bring up the Cincinnati Bengals. Do you remember Brandon Bean's end-of-the-season news conference, and he made a reference to Jamar Chase, I don't want to suck so bad, or whatever the wording was, yep. so I can be in position to take Jamar Chase? It's the concept. If we're, when people bring up the Bengals, it's not that you got to get to fifth to get the best receiver in the draft. It's, hey, look, they had Tyler Boyd, and then they drafted T. Higgins, and then they drafted Jamar Chase, Which, and they prioritized the position. By the way, Higgins was 33rd overall in the draft. You had those two guys, and you still took Jamar Chase. The question is for the Bills and for Bean. If they had already had Chase, would they have taken Higgins 33? No, I don't think they would that's have. The, and that's the problem. That's the key. It's right, not, yeah, right. anybody can take Jamar Chase fifth. Would you stock your cupboard with right. receivers, three of them, right. that are that good? That's the Bengals discussion think, for me. If you're going to say, let's be the Bengals, then you don't say, well, we already have two receivers. Why do we need to add this? You get deeper at that position. You prioritize that. Again, I forget where Boyd was drafted. Second on, round. Boyd was second round. Okay, so that's a second round, a second round, and then Chase at fifth. Right. It's fifth overall, 33rd overall, and then Boyd was 55th overall. Three receivers taken in the top 55 picks. And now we look at Cincinnati, and I think everybody says, one through three, best top three in the league. Right? Yep. Okay, so do that. You know, don't sit back and go, well, we've got one guy, or we've got two guys, we don't need three guys. Yeah, you do. Do what they're doing for Joe Burrow. 803-0550 to join us, 888-550-2550. We've got lines open. If you're just joining us, hi, it's Friday. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, I was looking at the Todd McShay mock draft at ESPN.com this morning. Bills are taking a running back. Not even the first running back off the board, by the way. The second running back off the board. How would you feel if the Bills took a running back? There's a lot of mocks saying the Bills need to get a running back with their first pick. I would be more upset than when they took Josh Allen. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> we did get over that quick because we did at least we did want a quarterback. I was, I was not happy that night. But we did want a quarterback. <laughs> right, and we knew like, they were going to do it. We were nervous. Yeah, but we at I least wanted nervous. the quarterback and as soon as you know he got past the all right, let's see how this goes. They got a quarterback. We don't want a running back. No. All right, let's get to a break, and we'll take your calls. 803-0550 to join us on that. Whatever else is on your mind, we always love hearing from you on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Uh, Bijan Robinson is one of those really special players, and I don't think there's a world where he gets to 27, but I, I will pound the table and tell you that I think he's one of the three best football players in this draft. And, and and for as much as uh, not pick a running back in the first round guy that I am, you tell me you pick 27, you get B. John Robinson. You know, I, I, I can only be so so mad about that. I, mm. I, I actually don't think mm. I'd mind it at all. Mm, yeah. Joe Marino. I, yeah, you know what? I love Joe. I'd be mad. I really would. I, I don't think there is a running back. Even if you tell me he is Barkley or McCaffrey, I don't. I just don't see that happening. I think I'd be mad. I was mad when they took Spiller, and I think I'd be mad again. All right, let me find silver linings if they were to do it. Here's okay. the first one. Um, it would mean that they don't draft another running back for a couple years after going one in the draft almost every year. This would mean that they won't draft one. No, because they'd still have Cook. And they'd have Robinson on a five-year contract. Oh, that's right, the option year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I it's mean... It's not good enough. <laughs> okay. you gotta really, you got to go always. I really, You really have to go always. You have to tell me... The guy, and I, that's his, this is where I think you were going by playing Joe Marino's comment. By the way, in the McShay mock, Robinson's off the board before the Bills pick. So, for what it's worth, you'd have to convince me the guy they get is such a dynamic weapon. I don't want to say transforms the Bills' offense, but takes the Bills, allows the Bills to get to another level or become the most dangerous offense in the National Football League by drafting this guy. That he obviously is an impact player, comes in as a rookie, they get him involved, and he elevates the Bills' offense to, oh my God, how are you going to stop this team now? The Bills are not. The Bills used to be, not too long ago, right? I looked at it, we all looked at it and thought, wow, how are you going to pick your poison? How are you going to stop this Bills' offense? They're not there anymore. That's what people say about the Bengals now. Or that's what they say about the Chiefs. Without Tyreek Hill, they became even more difficult to stop because they're the the depth of weapons, the large amount of people you now have to deal with, not just one crazy, stupid, game-breaking speed guy. The Bills' offense is not that right now. So you, there, there's the only way you convince me, and I'm still not going to want it. The only way you convince me is that this kid comes in and takes the Bills' offense to a level it has not been at in the last two, three years, and it becomes... The, the, oh my God, how do you stop that team's offense? Offense. 
I just don't see that happening. That's the goal for this offseason, right? To mm-hmm. be to become that. Yes. And how do you do that? One of, I think, a couple of ways. You add at least one, if not two, wide receivers, and you fortify the offensive line. Then you give Josh Allen more time, and Josh Allen and the passing game become more lethal if you add another weapon. Diggs, Davis, this weapon you add, maybe a second component. Let's let's get to the point where we talk about the Bills as having a really dangerous top three again. Like, you can't just lean on Diggs. Like, how do you stop the other guys? This is probably, what, two... I don't know. Not this past season. Maybe the season before or even before that. Diggs, Brown, Beasley. Let's let's do that. All right. Pick your poison. Who are you going to double? You double in Diggs? Well, okay, then Brown's going to beat you one-on-one. Or if not, Beasley's going to have a great matchup. And, he, and the Bills' offense was really dangerous to defend. It felt like it was not dangerous to defend in the back half of last season. How do you do that again? To me, the answer is not running back. How do you make it more dangerous? Hey, add another receiver. Add a guy who's going to be a big threat to make it even harder to have an opponent's secondary be able to cover your passing game. And I don't know, maybe a little little bit of Miami, right? Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Good luck. You know, that's that's really difficult. You need more weapons and you make it anyway. I'm sorry, I'm just running around in circles, but I don't think there's a case anybody could make if they took a running back that I'd be happy about it. I tried to make Silver lining case. What about I'm if I'm not even this a big means... offensive line guy, by the way, in round one. If they did that, I would take that before I took a running back. Yeah, yeah. What if this means that Josh Allen takes 100 fewer hits? I'm for Josh Allen taking <laughs> fewer hits. That's a big number. He's not going to take 100 fewer. Right. It's not going to give 100 more carries to running backs than they have. I mean, how many designed runs did Josh Allen have last se- this past season? It's not like he they had eight designed runs a game and no. the poor guy's getting hammered. His hits are coming off scrambles mostly. If it's a design run, he sees a wide open middle of the field on a quarterback draw or they run the option or they run it, you know, they run him wide and he's able to get to the sideline and try and get out before anybody hits him. The the big hits typically I'm going to guess are coming on scrambles. I don't think design too many design runs for Josh Allen was a problem. I understand there's this discussion of Josh has to do too much in this offense. Did anybody say that about the Eagles? I mean, Hurts runs the ball a ton. But I don't think that's, like, in your discussion of why you would take a running back, one of the things that would not convince me is it means less hits for Josh Allen. No, I don't think it, it probably, does. It probably doesn't, yeah. No, I don't think it does. And I'm all about helping Josh Allen. And I'm all about giving him guys that get open and become big threats for him to make the passing game better, to bring explosive plays back into the passing game. Again, are we going to spend is are we taking a running back because it means more yards after catch this season? Their yards after catch emphasis went backwards. They had fewer yards after catch in 2022 than they did in 2021, and that was a point of emphasis. I would do is that it? Get a running back you get more yak. You can get it from receivers too by the way. If you get the right receivers. You have to draft receivers to do that. Yeah. Um speaking of quarterback well, hits and I'm quarter- sorry, one, I'm sorry, just one more quick thing. I the other reason why I'd be angry, Jeremy, there's not a ton of free agent cap space. You know, it's it's not like if they make a free agent move as a wide receiver, right? It's going to be a lower price, I would think, a lower price contract. You're not in a position to add an impact guy in free agency. I know there's DeAndre Hopkins trade rumors all over the place. I don't think the Bills are doing that. 
which means more emphasis on the draft and using that as a priority. I'm sorry, go ahead. That's only if they bring back Edmonds. If they don't bring back Edmonds and restructure, I think maybe it, they sign somebody. If they don't bring back Edmonds, it, I think, yes, it does change my thought process on what they're going to do. Speaking of the quarterback running stuff, so Dean Blandino, who is with the XFL now, yes, formerly the NFL, yes, he believes they will look into, did he go so far as to say that he thinks they'll get rid of yeah. the tush push? Not the bush push. No, the tush push, yeah. which is... Rugby scrums where they push quarterbacks forward on short yardage situations. He said, uh, I'm trying to remember where he did this interview because I can give, whatever. He, was, he did an interview somewhere. The quote was, I'd be shocked if they don't make a change. Good. Good. The league's competition committee expect to take a hard look at the tush push. I think they meet at the combine. Um, and he said he thought he'd be shocked if they didn't make the change. Okay, good. Let me make, make the case for the change. First, from a Bill standpoint. All right, Bills fans. You're thinking, what's the big deal? You do have like the biggest quarterback that needs the least amount of help. Right. So if you were to eliminate all these quarterbacks from being allowed to be pushed from behind, well, then Mac Jones isn't as good at it as Josh Allen is. So if I need to appeal to the advantage Bills side of this, there, take that. Mm -hmm. Advantage Bills. Now for the league. It's bad for the league. It's not a good play. It's not a good play. It is too easy. 92% of quarterback sneaks worked last year. The number has always been in the 80s or 90s. Yeah. And with this push, it's even higher. And I'm not a, I'm not against offense and continuing drives and getting rid of lame punts. I'm not against that, but come up with a play. <laughs> Figure it out. Hand it off, sneak it, pass it. The the push, the rugby push, mm. it is I think it's it's I mean, how far do I want to go, like, really bad for the game? I think it's the easiest thing to do to get rid of it. Say, you can no longer push a quarterback under center. That's that's the extent of what you have to say for the rule. Yeah, well... Because people say, well, what about pushing running backs? What about pushing receivers that's right. forward? That's why I wanted to bring up. You, all you have to do, you are no longer allowed to push a quarterback who is under center. End of story. Right. Where's the hole in the rule change? Well, that's what Blandino said. I'll, I'll bring a couple of things I want to make. Uh, Blandino did say outlawing the QB portion of it on a sneak is very simple. You just can't push the quarterback from behind. That's it. His point is what's a little more difficult is when you get out into the field of play. We see that too, right? Go for it. A running back or somebody's on the edge, a receiver makes a short catch, and you've got guys pushing that player. To me, there's only one thing I think about. I don't have a big problem with the play. Here's my one concern. My franchise quarterback is getting pushed in one direction by the defense, and he's got offensive linemen pushing him the other way. I really don't need my quarterback in the middle of a pile with his body being knocked around and pushed in both directions and all this. I just think it's dumb. Why would I want to risk the health? We have coaches who won't do quarterback sneaks because they don't want their quarterback getting hit. Why would I want my guy getting sandwiched with huge human beings crushing him and pushing in opposite directions? I, I just... I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it because I just don't want Josh Allen getting injured. I think it's a dangerous play. I'm kind of surprised there aren't more yeah. injuries coming out of that I, because of what's happening. I'm not even sure if the numbers would back up that it's dangerous or if there are more injuries or less injuries There's than without the push. There's nothing to say that, it's, okay. that there are injuries from I, it. I don't way. even care about that. I just think it's bad for the sport. Oh, I don't have a problem with it from that oh, standpoint. I think it's terrible. It, it, it's not aesthetically good. It's, I'm, it, the comparison I made with Joe maybe last week was it's like the extra point now. The extra point was made 99% of the time, yeah, and the league right. said, you know what, this, this is not hard, it's not drama, 
Let's move it. Yeah. And I didn't necessarily like that change, but now that they've made it, it's fine. It made sense, right. It, it, it does make From sense. From their standpoint, it was a very smart yep. move. I thought it was dumb, but they're right. There's drama in the extra point, right? Now there's a touchdown, and the first thing you think of is you cross your fingers and go, let's yeah. make the extra point. Finish the job. Don't yeah. make a 99% play. And right. if that sneak becomes a 95% play, well then, I mean, I, I get it. I understand the, the value in it, but... And I'm, I, you know, I pounded the table in here when Doug Marone was the coach. The quarterback sneak it twice on third and one. Yeah, but not with a push. Just I do it. That was when the Bills had EJ Manuel, who was also big. Yeah, just fall forward, do the stuff you do. But I'm not in for the push. I think I'm, I'm happy to hear Blandino say they will. He'll be shocked if they get it out, and I will be celebrating that day. I don't think it should be in the game. I always wondered about what happened to forward progress, right? Running backs hit a wall, and uh, they would blow the whistle pretty quickly. Now, there is no forward progress because they let the play with the quarterback play out because the guys have to push him from behind. And it's just it's a rugby scrum, and forward progress seemed to just go out the window, right? They, they don't blow that play dead. They let it continue, sometimes for a long time, before they actually whistle it down and say, okay, let's give him the extra two, three yards on the play. 803-0550 to join us. Hey, if you're just joining us this morning, we were talking about the draft. We were, I saw a uh, mock draft this morning. Tom McShay, ESPN, had the Bills taking a running back at 27. What would you think if the Bills took a running back with their first pick in the draft? Anything else on your mind you want to get to? We always love hearing from you uh, at 803-0550 this morning here on WGR. So two, two great guys, two great friends, and the atmosphere was fantastic. The, the people were obviously very supportive they were just cheering all of us on which is great and i just made this whole this tournament better and i happened to actually hit some some good shots finally and um made a couple putts and uh even though i had a little mishap at at 10 but i was able to fight back and kind of get it going and it was a nice finish so tiger woods he had some good numbers some of the good advanced stats here howard he had seven drives over 315 yards Hit the ball well. That's good. Ball speed up to 177 on nine different drives. You know, he's 47. He's on like a leg and a half. He's 47? He's 47. When did that happen? <laughs> Sorry. <go ahead>. 47 <laughs> years ago. I guess, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, birdie, birdie, birdie to finish. And, uh, you know, he's in good shape. I'm looking at some of the, you know, the numbers, like what's he expected to do today. But he played with Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy and – they're at Riviera, just a really cool. I I thought a bunch of times how cool it must be on a number of levels, but just especially yesterday to be Justin Thomas mm-hmm. because Justin Thomas is I think he's twenty nine, so he probably grew up what in the just in awe of mm-hmm. Tiger Woods as a young kid playing golf, right. and now he's not only playing with him, which that's one he's friends with him, yeah. That to me, that is pretty cool. You grow up and you idolize somebody, then you make it to their level, and then you are cool enough to just be like, "Oh yeah, I hate, we're friends." You, I feel like if you're Justin Thomas, you still tell people like, "I'm actually." He calls me. It's like you and I. Me. I grew up idolizing you, and then we had a chance <laughs> to work together, and now we're friends after all these years. That that actually, since you mentioned Justin Thomas, I was saying this to you and Joe off the air the other day. If you have Netflix, Full Swing is up there now. It's a it's. Basically, it's a behind-the-scenes. If you're familiar with Drive to Survive and how successful it's been, Netflix decided to do that with tennis and golf. So they have a, they already put out the tennis one called Breakpoint. It was really good. 
And Full Swing is out. I want to say it's eight episodes. Yeah. I watched the first one the other day. It's Justin Tom. They focused on Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, who are really good friends. Like for like 15, 20 years, they're good friends now. It's great. It's great. I love behind the scenes stuff. I think it's fabulous. And it's really insightful. And the cool thing is, and I totally forgot this because it's me and I have no memory, is they were they would have been doing this at the PGA Championship last year. He is seven shots down. He has a terrible third round. Thinks he shot himself out of the tournament. I think in the third round he even shanked a shot hard right. Like a Ooh, I'm trying to remember. Like a weekend hacker way right yeah. bad. I don't I don't mean yeah. Even just a slice, but I mean off the like an embarrassingly bad yeah. one. Like if I did it in front of ten people, I'd be embarrassed. <laughs> Never mind a PGA Tour player doing it. So a shot I would hit. So he shoot. He thinks he shoots himself out. He's seven out. They gave him like a one point eight percent chance of winning the tournament, and he makes the run on Sunday and he wins in overtime. I don't. They probably would have showed this shot. Oh, There's yeah, that's the, a little bit. The, uh, the, yeah, sorry, I, I've got it pulled up. It's not up. a hard right like mine. No, but, it's, it, no it is like yours. It, no, mine goes directly on like an angle. But this is the, a shank yeah. on a par three. I mean, it's Ooh. bad. It's, so it's, but <laughs> he anyway, goes on to win. He goes on to win, right. He just goes on this run on Sunday. He's making putts all over the place, gets a little help. Oh, I forget the guy, the golfer who double bogeyed on the 18th and blew the tournament. He was from Finland. I don't remember the guy's name. Yes. That, that opened up the over the playoff. Overtime, I think I called it. It opened up the playoff between Zalatoris and Justin Thomas. It would have been, what's his name? Uh, Finnish golfer. Yeah, Pereira. Mito Pereira. Yes. He double, he was. He fell apart on 18. Yeah. Not Jean Vandeveld, but, you know, no. pretty bad on one hole. One thing to watch for for this golf tournament, I mean, Riviera is a very famous course. It's, you know, it's on the tour for a while and everybody's there. The sixth hole has a bunker in the green. I don't think I've ever seen a bunker. You see bunkers around the green. Or on the green or in, on, on and the green. In, it's, the green goes all the way around the bunker. You may see some players having to chip over it from green wow. to green because the bunker is in right? the green. Have you ever seen that before? It's not, a, it's not something you'll see a lot of. In the case of the sixth hole at Riviera, it's because... That green is huge. Oh, so they make it a little And they can move the flag to basically four different spots and almost make it four different holes. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you move the flags in, in the hole on these holes all the time, every day of a tournament. But the way that this specific hole is designed, this, this bunker in the middle, if it wasn't there, the green would be massive. Hmm. So it's not, I don't think it's gimmicky, it's just unique. 803-0552, join us this morning. Uh, hey, heads up, Dave Matthews Band is coming to Darien Lake Amphitheater. On Wednesday, June 14th, tickets will go on sale this morning at 10 o'clock at LiveNation.com. Remember, new this season, when you go to a, sh a concert, a show at Darien Lakes Amphitheater, they now have um, requirements for parking passes for the oversized lot. So if you have a big vehicle, you've got to purchase a parking pass to get into the oversized lot. You can do that at LiveNation.com. Heads up, too, at some point in the show this morning. Keep listening for your chance to win. We have a pair of tickets to the Dave Matthews Band show that we will be giving away. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.